Hello and welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. On this podcast, we will broadcast messages and lessons from our church. If they bless you, I encourage you to subscribe and rate our channel, as well as you can visit our website, www.springridgechurch.com. If you'd like to communicate, you can send an email to pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you, where you're listening from. And if you have any questions you'd like to have answered, uh, desire a Bible study, or would like to send us a prayer request, all of those are welcome uh, requests and forms of communication we enjoy. So we hope that the, the podcast bless you. Hope that you will uh, subscribe and become a part of our faithful listening audience. Some of you may be able to quote it. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, and I'm going to read to verse 3. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Hello? <laughs> Amen. And I want to just look at the, the middle part of verse 2. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And, and for a text, a title... I'm going to just call this Spirit-led. Spirit-led. Amen. You can be seated. In the name of Jesus. Spirit-led. If you study the Scripture, starting here in the first chapter, you will find that there is an environment created by God through His Spirit. In fact, the Bible tells us God is a Spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And if you want to know how to see God work in your life, I want to tell you, figure out where the Spirit of God is moving and that is where you will experience God's best for the circumstance that you are in. Because the Spirit of God proceeds. The Spirit of God provides. The Spirit of God preserves. The Spirit of God prepares. The Spirit of God will prosper. And the Spirit of God will empower. And I want you to know today of all the pursuits we must put in our mind as paramount and important, we must seek to be Spirit-led. Romans chapter 8 tells us, For as many as are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. I want you to know today that we have a choice. 
whether we will uh, follow the lower impulses that make us a child of man, or will we follow the higher impulses to be a child of God? The difference... The difference will be is whether we will follow the leading of God's Spirit. In Exodus chapter 13, beginning with verse 21, the Bible says, And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of, a, of cloud and led them by the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light to go by day and night. And he took not away the pillar of cloud by day, nor the pillar of fire by night from the before the people. When the Lord delivered Israel out of the land of Egypt, he led them by his spirit. Uh, some may not be familiar, and if you are, I'm just going to remind you that the, the Lord had told Abraham that his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his progeny, his offspring, would spend 400 years in Egypt. And as the Lord told Abraham, his great-grandchildren, his grandchildren, his grandchildren, great-grandchildren, <laughs> were led into the land of Egypt. The Lord provided food for them, and ultimately God caused His will to be fulfilled in the, 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 the nation of Israel who were the seed, the, the, the offspring of Abraham. And as the Lord had told Abraham, His his. His offspring spent 400 years in Egypt. And during that time, they slowly over time became enslaved to the Egyptians. And it seems that the longer they were in Egypt, the more difficult it became. Until at some point the Bible says that the people cried out unto the Lord for deliverance. And the Lord sent one to be a deliverer by the name of Moses. And God used Moses to be the greatest leader you will find in Scripture. You will find it in the individual named Moses. With the exception of Jesus Christ, Moses was a miraculous leader. And I would say to you that what made him so great was not his qualities but his willingness to follow and obey the Spirit of God. And through the Spirit, Moses was a great leader and God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt with a mighty hand. The Bible tells us that the Lord told Moses on right before the last plague the angel of death was going to come and visit Egypt and and the Lord had told Moses how the people of Israel could escape the death angel in losing their firstborn child he said make sure they put blood 
on the doorpost and the lintel and, and have their feet, their feet, have their shoes on and the clothes on and the staff in their hand. Because after the death angel comes, there's going to be a release and, and they're going to have to go and leave the land of Egypt. And so it happened just as the Lord had told Moses and Moses told the people. The Bible tells us that the Lord's death angel came and went through the land and, and there was wailing and weeping and sadness and trouble in Egypt. But, but the death angel passed over the Israelites. Everybody say Passover. Passover. You've heard of Passover. That's what Passover is. They are celebrating the fact that the Lord preserved the firstborn of the Israelites because the death angel, when he saw the blood, he passed over. Now, I know there are some that ascribe to a doctrine called once saved, always saved. And no doubt the blood that was put on the doorpost and the lintel of the Israelites saved them that day. But if they would have stayed in that house, the Bible shows us that, that Pharaoh again changed his mind. And if they would have stayed in that place, Pharaoh would have killed them the next chance he got. What's that mean? When the Lord is moving, don't get left behind. And the Bible tells us that the Lord led them out of Egypt and led them all the way up to the Red Sea. And the Lord parted the Red Sea and the people walked over on dry ground and they came out on the other side and they looked back and there was Pharaoh and his chariots and his armies riding as hard and as fast as they could come. They were galloping through the highway in the sea. They thought this, this thing that, that, that we see that doesn't make sense. Look, they walked across, we'll ride across. And when they got to the other side the Bible says they turned around and looked and the sea swallowed up the Egyptian army with the horseman and his and, and the horse and the rider and the chariots and all of the mighty uh, army of Egypt was swallowed up because that's the Lord was bringing them out they were being spirit-led. And it was from this point the Lord began to manifest His presence in a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And the practical application of that is, is on a hot, sunshiny day, if you can find a cloud to be under, there's, there, there's, there's a, a drop in temperature when you're, when you're hidden from the rays. Right? It seems like a little wind always blows if you're underneath a cloud. And so they were in the middle of a wilderness, in the middle of a desert. But even in the, the wilderness and the heat and the desert, the Bible says the Lord did not forsake them. But there was a pillar of cloud every day and there was a pillar of fire by night. And that fire kept them warm. The fire kept a light on. The fire kept the, the prey away. The fire kept the enemy away. And so day and by night, the Spirit 
was with them by cloud and by a pillar of fire. Numbers chapter 9 and verse 16, it says, And so it was always the cloud covered it by day and the appearance of fire by night. And when the cloud was taken up from the tabernacle, then after the children of Israel journeyed and in the place where the cloud abode, there the children of Israel pitched their tents. They, they would see the cloud move. And what would they do? They'd pull up their stakes and say, it's moving day. And they would follow the cloud wherever the cloud went. And when the cloud stopped, they put their tent stakes down, and they raised their tents, and they rested because that's where the Spirit of the Lord left them. And you will find that because the Spirit of God was there, whatever they needed was provided because they were under the covering of the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that they would get up in the morning and they would look out their tent and they're scattered across uh, uh, the ground like the dew that comes on the grass where these little miraculous wafers, they didn't even know how to describe it. Manna means, what is it? It's good. <laughs> and they would gather up those, the, those, those miraculous wafers and they would put them in a pot. And, and, and as the sun would come up, they would, just, they would just disappear like the dew. So if they didn't have it in the pot, it was gone. If you, got, if you, slept, in, if you slept in that day, if you waited till the, till the dew had left and the sun had risen, you wasn't going to have anything to eat because they couldn't gather more than what it was for that day. And if they tried to cheat, there would be worms in it. Except, except the day before the Sabbath, they could gather two days worth and that extra day wouldn't turn into worms. How did that happen? Everybody say it was God. The Spirit of God provided them manna and not just manna. The Bible says that God provided them quail. You could almost say that God gave them chicken and biscuits every day. Come on, somebody. Woo, hallelujah. Is it almost, it's almost lunchtime. And so whatever they needed, because the Spirit of God was there, they had bread and meat every day. And not only that, the Bible tells us that there was a rock that followed them. And from that moving rock, there was a river that flowed out of that rock, a stream of water that would feed the millions of Jews, that would give them water for their cattle. It gave them the water for the labor and water for the, uh, the washing and whatever you need water for. They had plenty of water. They didn't have to go to the store and buy bottled water. They didn't have to worry about the ice breaking the water pipes. Amen. Their source for water, everywhere the Spirit went, everything they needed, they had. The Bible says their shoes and their clothes did not wear out during the whole journey. They didn't get new clothes. Just what they had was preserved because they were in a place where the Spirit was keeping them in an environment they could not have been kept otherwise. Because if you're where the Spirit is, God is going to give you what you need. The, the miracles of the wilderness were not miracles 
of, of revival. They were miracles of survival. Just day by day, just enough to eke it out, just enough to make it through the day. But I'm telling you, there are seasons in all of our lives we are going through a wilderness and we wouldn't choose to be in the wilderness, but God has brought us into the wilderness. And God, if you'll stay with the cloud, if you'll follow the leading of the Spirit, the same Spirit that brought you into the wilderness will take you out of the wilderness. But don't get off the train before the train gets you out of the wilderness. Don't get off the bus halfway through the trip. you got to keep on walking. you got to keep on following, being led by the Spirit of God because the Spirit of God, it is in that place, no matter how difficult it may be, that you're going to find everything. You're going to find everything you need. There's an example of that by the Apostle John. The Bible says he was in the Isle of Patmos for the testimony of Jesus Christ. It was a prison island. It was a, a place where they put the, the worst or the most hated people. And it was a place where they, it wasn't somewhere you'd want to go. They didn't have, they didn't have a gates and bars. They had a sea that was, was surrounding them. And they were in this isolated, undesirable place. But in spite of the difficulties and the tribulation, the Bible says that John said of himself, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. Amen. He could have told us about his trouble. He could have told us about his difficulty. But what he told us is just a little bit about where he was and what he was going through. And for 22 chapters, he tells us what he saw in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I can tell you today, the Lord understands where you are. Amen. You don't need to complain to God. God already knows what you need before you ask. Amen. I'm telling you to get in the Spirit. It's the Spirit that's going to bring you through. Yes, amen. Amen. This morning, uh, because of the, 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 the clock, I say the clock situation. Who uses the clock anymore? My phone, you know, automatically adjusts. I tried to go to bed a little earlier because I knew it was going to get here a little earlier. And I use a sleep app on my phone. And uh, it, it'll wake you up when your sleep is the most shallow. In theory, it helps you to wake up more refreshed. I think it works. So I set my, my, my time at 6. So there's a window between. It's a 30-minute window. And when you're in the least deep sleep, it'll wake you up at that point. So I set it at five, 6 o'clock. And so from 5.30 to 6, I know it's going to wake me up. So about 5.24, I wake up, which is, it was, that was 4.30, just like the day before. But I woke up, and I picked up my phone to give myself another hour because I was kind of sleepy. And, but I thought, well, no, I got to get up and got a, a day ahead. And so I got up, and as I began to meditate uh, uh, on, on just what I was feeling in that, that moment, I, I, I was reminded of the fact that complaining never does anyone any good. <laughs> and there is a scripture in the Bible 
I'm going to actually pull it up. I thought I, I did print it out, but I left it on my printer upstairs. I say I did. I didn't put it in my notepad. But there is a place in the Scripture where, where the people are complaining. And the Lord says, why are you complaining? And what the Lord basically said to them is, quit complaining. <laughs> Because it doesn't matter what you may be going through, there is still something to be thankful for. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. And you might have to think about it a little bit, and you might have to pray about it a little bit, but I can assure you that even on the worst day, there's something in the day to be thankful for. Thank God for a day. Amen. Thank God for breath in our body. Thank God for a hope in our soul. Thank God for a faith in our heart. Amen. There is something to be thankful for every day that we're alive on top of this green earth. There is something that we can be thankful for. Amen. I'm so thankful today that on my worst day in the wilderness that I have been through, the Spirit of God is not far from any of us. Is that right, Brother Phillips? Is that right, Brother Phillips? God is not very far from any of us. He told me that for service. He said, you probably preach about that. So I'm preaching about it. He said, while he was praying, he said, he said, I felt like I was reminded or the Lord whispered to me that God's not very far from any of us. He's not far when you when you got a raise, and he's not far when you far when you got fired. Far when you got fire, fire, fire. He's not far. He's not far. God is close to us. Any day, every day, all day, all night, Monday through Saturday, all day, Sunday, the Lord is not far from us. Amen. How hard is it to reach God? It's easier than sending the text to your best friend. It's easier than dialing the numbers to your neighbor. God is not far. You don't have to walk across the yard or walk across the field or drive down the road. God is not far from any of us. But all we need to do is realize, God, where are you? I want to be where you are and, and, and where God is. It's not, a geog it's not about geography. It's about mentality because God is everywhere. But you, you can reach out and find God whether you're in Clinton or Arkansas or Louisiana or Texas or Africa or North, South America. Amen. God is not far from any of us. All we've got to realize is I'm looking for the working of the Spirit. I'm looking for the hand of God. I'm listening for His voice. And it is in that pursuit of the Spirit of God. He's not far. He's not far. Amen. Amen. When the Spirit of God moved, the people moved. Amen. When the Spirit of God uh, spoke, the people listened. Amen. And the main thing I want to impress upon your mind is when the Lord is moving, when the Lord is working, don't get left behind. I'm so glad the Israelites had a testimony that when the death angel passed and God said move, they had their shoes on their feet, they had their staff in their hand, they had their belly full of lamb, and they were ready to walk across the Red Sea. Amen. we got to be ready to do what 
God says do. Amen. Sometimes being led by the Spirit is being obedient to His Word. Sometimes what His Word says to us is not easy to do. Sometimes doing the right thing is the hard thing, but the hard thing will always bring the right thing to pass. Amen. Amen. Romans 8 and 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God. How many of you want to be led by the Spirit? Amen. I'm telling you, anyone can be led by the Spirit. A child that is desirous of God, they can be led by the Spirit. There was a little boy by the name of Samuel in the Bible. He was just a lad. But there in the middle of the night, he heard the voice of the Lord call his name. As but a lad, the Lord spoke to him a word of prophecy that, that was for the elders. Amen. God can speak to children and God can speak to elders it's not about age it's not about geography but what channel are you tuning your mind to amen I've heard it say get under the spout where the glory comes out and where is that spout amen wherever you decide start paying attention to God <laughs> amen I'm so glad today that there have been miraculous moments in my life where the Lord's Spirit was not far, Dad. And my mind, amen, I got my mind stayed on Jesus. And I, I had a heart that said, Lord, whatever you want from me, amen, that's what I want to do. It is in that, pool, that place of submission, surrender, and obedience. Amen. It's hard. I'm a hard-headed person. I come from a long line of hard-headed people. Amen. The man sitting in front of me, my dad, he's about as hard-headed as they come. Amen. And I got it. I got it. I got this, I got this brow. Amen. It comes from my Neanderthal. Uh, 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 uh. I think that's on my mama's side. The Neanderthals came from my mama. Amen. She's hard-headed too. Huh? She'll be glad to hear it. Really and truly, we, I, I have a higher percentage of Neanderthal than, than 96% of the people in the world. I'm really proud of that. <laughs> you laugh, but you're hard-headed too. And, and say amen. Amen. You, you, you get something in your mind, and you will not be dissuaded. You get something you want to do, and ain't nobody can tell you no. But can I tell you something? Amen. Sometimes we need to recognize that our ideas can be wrong, our opinions can be off base, and our priorities can put us in the wrong spot. Amen. But we can decide, you know what, God? I I'm going to take a back seat, and I'm going to say, Jesus, take the wheel. Go where you want to go. Do what you want to do. I want to be in, in, in sync and in step with God. I want to be spirit-led. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16, I'm quickly coming to a close. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, Paul says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. He's saying that we all have two natures, and we have a nature that wants to do right. right. Yes. And we have a nature that doesn't want to do right. 
You see it pictured as a, a little devil on one shoulder and a little angel on the other. The truth of the matter is the, the devil on the shoulder is bigger than the angel on the other shoulder. But the one that wins is the one that, that we, our soul says, I'm going to pursue that which is good and let the devil be, yeah, what he is. Be gone in the name of Jesus. Resist the devil. Resist the flesh. Amen. If you walk in the Spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you have fulfilled the lust of the flesh, you know what you were not doing? You were not walking in the Spirit. Amen. Amen. But if you be led of, by, of the Spirit, ye are not under the law. Paul, in other of his writing, he talks about there's the law of the flesh. There is a gravity of the flesh. And there is a gravity of the Spirit. And I liken it to the law of gravity and the law of aerodynamics. Gravity is a real thing. You don't believe me? Uh, just step off the roof. And your ankles and your feet and your toes are going to find out. Gravity is real. You don't see it, but it's real. Right? I think it is gravity that causes me to step on the scale and it tells me that I weigh 200 and none of your business pounds. I'm just glad it's not 300. It's gravity. Gravity is real. And I believe gravity is in direct proportion to how close you are to a thing and how big the mass is. Don't say nothing. But there is a law that one can overcome the law of gravity and it is the, the law of aerodynamics. If you have enough thrust and get a certain object at a different, a certain speed and the curvature can be just right, something can fly to the highest parts of the sky with tanks inside their belly, bombs inside their belly, uh, thousands of gallons of water in their belly. Uh, 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 hundreds of people flying through the air. How does that happen? Because there is an empowerment that is flowing in that, that, that thing, in that plane, and it is pushing it through the air. And the thrust, based upon the aerodynamic nature of the thing, it flies and soars. But if it loses the thrust, it's a sad, sad thing. And it is, it is like that for us, is we can, through the empowerment of the Spirit, we can go places we could never go if it was just based on the realities of our flesh. But we have been given access that we can walk after the Spirit. We can be filled with the Spirit. We can pray in the Spirit. We can worship in the Spirit. And it is in that dimension of the Spirit where everything is available to us. Nothing shall be impossible for us. But we must make a decision. Am I going to be sure I've got gas in the tank? Am I going to make sure I'm going to sit in the, 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 the seat? Am I going to do the pre-check? Am I, am I going to go through these processes? Because I, I want to fly. I, I want to live. I want to walk. I want to be led. I want to be filled with the Spirit. Now the works of the flesh are, are manifest, which are these. 
works of the flesh, adultery, fornication, filthiness, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, which is lustfulness, envies, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I've told you in time past, that they which do such things... It says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Everybody say, the flesh cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is a spirit-driven reality. And the flesh and blood cannot enter into the kingdom of God except by the Spirit of God. Jesus said, except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he can't even see the kingdom. He surely can't enter the kingdom. But when we've been born again, we have access to a choice that a person that's not been born again doesn't really have access to. A person that's not been born again, there are things that are not available to them because the, the carnal mind is, is at war with the things of the Spirit. But when we've been born again, we have the opportunity to exercise our free will at a whole nother level of dimension. Amen? Amen. So, so the fruit of the Spirit is... So on one hand, you have all this, this weight, this gravity, but verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. Verse 24, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. Verse 25, if we... Everybody say, if we... If we. I said again, if we... If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. You know, I heard someone the other day say, and I thought it was just so powerful, <clears throat> that sometimes people don't understand the kingdom. And, and they may look at, at, at a, at a uh, devout believer and all they see is the outside. You know, they see maybe what they wear, things they do, or they may see things they don't do. And, and, and it doesn't really make sense. You know, does, you know I, I don't, how, does that, how does that equal salvation? And here's the deal. If a person's not been saved, been born again, they can't understand the kingdom. Did y'all hear me say that earlier? If you've, not, if you've not been born again, when you see something happening in the kingdom, you don't know what that's about. But when you've been born again, what you, what you understand things in a way you couldn't understand before you're born again. And what we, the Bible says that we're saved... We're saved by... We're saved... Saved by grace through faith. That's right. It's right order, just different order. You're saying it right. We're saved by grace through faith, not of ourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. There is nothing that I can do to save myself. I could go sell all of my of my Hot Wheels. 
say I had a Hot Wheel collection. I don't. But let's just say I have a Hot Wheel collection. I could go sell all my Hot Wheels. I, I could go sell all my uh, baseball cards. If I had baseball cards, I, I don't think they're worth anything anymore. I've seen where people are like giving away boxes and boxes of, and boxes and boxes of. Y'all seen that? I've seen where people are giving them away and they just have thousands of them. They inherit them, I guess, from someone and uh, I guess people aren't collecting them like they used to. I guess uh, Mickey Mantle may still be worth something. But things people used to collect, people aren't even willing to take for free. Right? <clears throat> but but there, 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 are, there are things... I can't. I could go sell all my shoes. I, I could sell sell everything I have, and I, I could I could give that away or try to get. But I can't purchase my salvation with with money, right? I can't work so hard and be so good that I can save myself. Nothing I can do can save myself. However, when I have been saved. I begin to see things in a different light. There, the things that I may do out of out of respect, out of out of discipline, out of consecration, out of obedience to the Word of God. When I do those things, I'm not doing them to be saved. I'm doing them so that I can stay saved. I, I do those things to honor what God has done. And when, when I, the Lord forgives me of my sins and, and, and washes me in His blood and fills me with His Spirit and gives me a new hope and delivers me from all manner of things, when, when, I, when I begin to move into that, there is going to be a call of God for sanctification. God is going to call me not to keep living where I was. You can't stay in Egypt if the Lord has saved you from the death angel. you got to, you got to follow the leading of the Spirit. And as you follow the leading of the Spirit, there's going to be some things that He will ask of you and there will be things that He will give to you. He will give you burdens. He will give you responsibilities. He will give you uh, callings. He will ask ask you to sacrifice but all of that is wrapped up in in my desire god where are you going what is the spirit saying today and sometimes the spirit is asking you to pick up your cross sometimes the spirit is saying you can't do what you want to do sometimes the spirit is saying you can't say what you think sometimes you got to hold your tongue sometimes you got to love and you got to have mercy and you got to have grace because that's where the spirit is leading but let me tell you if you will follow the leading of the spirit it is in that place where you will have everything that you need you will have hope and you will have peace and you will have joy and you can get a vision of the things to come and at the low low price of being led by the spirit amen and many times to be led by the spirit Amen. It's going to be rejecting the leading of your flesh. It will be choosing the Word of God over your opinion. Oh. Yeah, God, you know, I, I hate to tell you this. God doesn't care about your opinion. He, he gave you the right to have an opinion. But just because you got it don't mean it's right. He don't care about my opinion. What do you mean? This is my flesh. What do you mean? I mean, I, I've been living for God, you know, a long time. And 
You know, I've, I've made some sacrifices and I try to be good to people. What do you mean God doesn't care about my opinion? Anytime my opinion is contrary to his word, he doesn't really care. The challenge is there are a lot of people that wrap their opinion up with scriptures. You, you, you've seen that, the, uh, you know, uh, come around Christmas time. You can wrap gifts in all kinds of patterns. You can get, you can get uh, jingle bells or uh, uh, Christmas. What are those things you hang from the Christmas tree? Yeah, ornaments. You got ornaments and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And you can wrap up a box of the most beautiful, glorious wrapping and a beautiful bow. And what could be in there is a bunch of coal or fertilizer. Right? And there's a lot of people, they use the scripture like that. Well, I think, in my opinion, I feel... And then they will attach all kinds of religiosity around it and say, well, uh, <clears throat> everybody say spirit led. You know, so much of life, it, it, we, we are all trying to feel our way after what God wants from us. You know, sometimes we don't, we wake up in the morning and, and, and we could quote scripture and we know how to pray, but we are faced with situations that are hard to figure out what to do. You have family members having strife. You, have, you have, may have strife in your home, strife with your children. And, and, and sometimes we are at a loss. How? What am I supposed to do? And sometimes maybe we, we, we maybe stepped out of line or maybe we spoke out of turn or maybe we didn't ask God what to do. And then what we're left with is just a greater question, Lord. What am I supposed to do? And what I'm saying to you is when you find yourself in a situation and faced with, with something that, that the Scripture doesn't plainly state... We must recognize that if we'll ask the Lord to give us wisdom, He will give you wisdom. If you're facing a situation that seems to be stressing your mind, it is possible to cast all your care upon Him because He cares for you. And God can step into the midst of an impossible situation and the Lord can do some things and rearrange some things and it can just go away. It can, it can just disappear. Amen. God can just make something just just dissolve when the sun comes up. Amen. I know there's been times I've got down and prayed in the middle of the night and I woke up the next morning and what was a trouble had just disappeared in the daytime. I can tell you, amen, sometimes when you don't know what to do, doing nothing is a good answer because sometimes God's answer is wait, hands off, leave it alone, uh, just, just keep praying and don't do anything until you have a word from God and proceed carefully because God is in my life and I want God to be in my life and I don't want my pursuit of being a Christian and then trying to be righteous and be holy and do all these things Christians are supposed to do and not realize that sometimes what God wants me to do is shut up leave it alone 
on, somebody. And sometimes we have to just pray for the Lord to help us to have wisdom and restraint and self-discipline to let God handle it. And some, sometimes God is never in a hurry. You heard that song? He's an on time God. Sing it with me. Yes, he is. Oh, he's an on time God. Yes, he is. He may, he will never come when you want him, but he'll be there right on time because he's an on time God. Yes, he is. So we just commit ourselves. Lord, I want to be led by your spirit. Can you pray that out loud? Close your eyes and just talk to the Lord. Lord, I want to be led by your spirit. Lord, I want to be filled with your spirit. I want your spirit to talk to me. I want your spirit to lead me. I want your spirit to guide me. Lord God, I want your spirit to overpower. Lord, anything I might have, let your voice be more loud than my opinion. Let your influence, God, overpower my own. Uh, uh, God, help us today. I want to be spirit-led how to deal with my children. I want to be spirit-led how to deal with my family. I want to be spirit-led how to, be, to deal with my finances. I want to be spirit-led, oh God, because I want everything that you have for me. Amen, amen. I'm going to finish if you have a song to close me out with. Amen. I've said this. I want everything God has for me. I want everything God has for me. I want to be where God wants me to be. I want to do what God wants me to do. And I don't want anything that God doesn't have for me. In the midst of one of the times the children of Israel were complaining, they were complaining because they didn't have meat. And the Lord was angry with them. He said, okay. He said, I'm going to give you meat and I'm going to make you eat it till it comes out your nose. give you what you need and if you pray that Lord God I, I want you to give me what you have for me you know he's going to give you what you need say that with me God, God will give you, you what you need but I would say to you that we serve a God that is able to give us exceeding stand together abundantly above that which we ask or think. And I truly believe that if we will put ourselves in a position that says, I'll say yes, whatever you got. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I have lived long enough that He will give me the desires of my heart. He will help me to, to, to gain things that I never sought because it is His good pleasure to give us the kingdom 
But we've got to be willing to say yes. Let's sing it together. Hallelujah. Sing it as a worship, as a prayer. Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. I'll say yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey when your spirit speaks to me. With my whole heart I'll agree and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Hello and welcome to Spring Ridge Church Podcast. On this podcast we will broadcast messages and lessons from our church. If they bless you, I encourage you to subscribe and rate our channel, as well as you can visit our website, www.springridgechurch.com. If you'd like to communicate, you can send an email to pastor at springridgechurch.com. And uh, we would love to hear from you, where you're listening from, And if you have any questions you'd like to have answered, uh, desire a Bible study, or would like to send us a prayer request, all of those are welcome uh, requests and forms of communication we enjoy. So we hope that the the podcast bless you. Hope that you will uh, subscribe and become a part of our faithful listening audience.